This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a rainy, sunny, beautiful, disgusting, sticky Monday in uh, the greater Great Lakes region. Glad to have you along. We've got a great show lined up. A couple of late model drivers on the program, one track promoter, and a whole lot of fun. But first, let's see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Alex Bowman took advantage of a blown Kyle Larson tire to win Saturday's first cup race of the weekend at Pocono. And then Kyle Busch saved enough fuel to outlast Danny Hamlin to win his first race of the season on Sunday. Tyler Courtney was all but perfect during Saturday's USAC Silver Crown event at Eldora Speedway. From the outside pole, Mr. Sunshine led all 50 laps en route to the win. And Brandon Overton collect another big payday over the weekend, taking home over $36,000 in prize money from Lernerville Speedway during the Firecracker 100 weekend. And finally, little local note, Colin Thurlby had a nice weekend out in Minnesota, racing for the chance at $10,000 at North Central Speedway. Friday night, Thurlby brought home a ninth place finish in the main event. Then on Saturday, came up just short, one position shy of making it into the big dance. And that's what's happening here on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, I'm Zach Heiser, Rich France joins me. Good evening, sir. Hi, how are you? I was a little bored this weekend. Uh, no you, kidding. You got, to, you got to be at a racetrack, but I didn't sniff one. Oh man, you know what? I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning on Sunday to have the opportunity to go to a racetrack, but it was worth it in the end. It was a really good show, and we're going to talk about it coming up. But Rich, some things did happen, not in our area necessarily, but some really good recent, uh, racing was had over the weekend. Yeah, Zach, uh, you know, we talked about this before. If you thought Ty Gibbs was just going to walk away with this Arca Menards Series championship uh, in 2021 because of all the money behind him and just how good he is. Well, think again. Uh, Corey Heim isn't going to give it up so easily. He took the green flag on the final restart Friday at Pocono Raceway, thinking he was in the wrong position. It turns out he was in the perfect place. And 17 laps later, he took the checkers to win the general tire anywhere is impossible 200 at the two and a half mile trioval. The victory marked the 18-year-old's third of the Arkham Menard Series season. On the final restart, knowing the inside was the preferred lane, race leader Ty Gibbs dipped low in attempt to block a charging Chandler Smith at the drop of the green flag. Gibbs and Smith uh, made contact and drifted towards the inside wall, sending Smith back up the racetrack. Somehow Smith avoided other cars and saved his own from a spin. Uh, Heim would be the primary beneficiary of the incident and his win allows him to keep his championship point standings lead over Gibbs, but now by four points. What a what a show that was, too, by the way. Did you see that incident on the front stretch? Holy smokes, those two were going at it. Yeah, I, you knew Ty Gibbs didn't, he, he didn't want to give up the lead, but I think he was probably blocking. Uh, he, he forgot all about Corey Heim, yeah. which I think he needs to not take his eye off Corey Heim the rest <laughs> of 2020, to be, be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was a big weekend down at Fremont Speedway. They were probably, Rich, the closest racetrack to our area to actually get a race in on Saturday. And DJ Foose sliced his way through lap traffic and then survived a late race caution to score his third 410 sprint car victory of the season. Foose, who is from Fremont, Ohio, led all 30 laps of the uh, Fort Ball Pizza Palace 410 sprint car feature. It wasn't an easy victory, though. Heavy lap traffic forced him to make daring moves aboard his machine to maintain the lead as Nate Dussel closed several times. Caution with just three laps to go put Dussel right on Foose's tail tank, but the 2019 Attica Fremont Championship Series champion 
was able to hold off Dussel to score the win, the 20th of his career at Fremont. The win also propelled Foose to the front of the standings for the Attica Fremont Challenge. And uh, so he now is at the top looking for a chance to get another championship there down at Fremont. And Zach, never doubt the heart of a champion to come alive when it matters most. Most uh, Defending Hell Tour champion Brian Shirley hadn't had a great start, uh, but now has gone back-to-back after trying uh, yet com- – after a trying yet competitive first week, Shirley and the Bob Cullen racing team regrouped after a few days off and have since struck gold winning Wednesday night at LaSalle and following that up with another dominating performance Friday night at Sycamore Speedway for his 35th career dirt car summer nationals victory. But this uh, flag the flag victory uh, gave Shirley quite the challenge with three time tour champion Bobby Pierce stalking him each and every lap. Every lap, every time Pierce would close in, Shirley would find a way to find a little bit of breathing room. Shirley found himself in lap traffic uh, one final time in the closing laps, but it uh, it wasn't enough to slow him down and, or for Pierce to catch up. The four-time tour champion held off the field for 40 straight laps and collect a $10,000 paycheck, making it back-to-back victories in three days. And Zach, uh, the Nick Hoffman show continues to keep rolling on. Huh. Two, two more wins. And then uh, everything got washed out on Saturday, so they'll get back at it on Wednesday for the Summer Nationals Health Tour. Hey, uh, you know what? You mentioned the race that I was able to go to. How about this? 20 Jag CRA All-Stars Tour cars checked in to Kill Care Raceway on Sunday afternoon. And, Rich, the place was packed. Wall-to-wall fans filed in to take in the Dayton 100, one of just two races they had three scheduled one got washed away so one of just two races that'll be held this year at kill care raceway and the fans got a treat it was a uh, fantastic show that featured bobby labani the former nascar uh, cup series champion he was there and we didn't get a whole lot of laps in without a caution lap 11 we had our first incident of the day when brandon oakley had a flat right front tire seemingly out of nowhere that brought things to a halt And when that happened, it bunched the field back up. Your front row starter, Andrew Scheid, he was doing really well, Rich, let me say. He and Tanner Jack led the field to the green. And then it wasn't long before Kyle Jones worked his way through the field and found Andrew Scheid. On a restart, things got interesting, and Jones was able to get to Scheid's back bumper. Lap 20, Jones becomes your new leader. And then on lap 31, a caution that sets up a really intriguing middle part of the race. Uh, Dylan Bates slowed down in the number 91 machine. He was in danger. The caution flag waves. On the restart, Andrew Scheid outside of Kyle Jones tries to tuck in behind Jones through turns one and two. It was too late. Allsip was already there, and the two spun to the infield, bringing out the caution flag. It would spell the end of the night for Scheid, who had been having issues with the clutch plates in that number 77. The caution and the spin did not help that. His day was done. Back to the green. Jones back out front. No trouble there. Bobby Labonte, who set fast time earlier in the day, had to come from 16th after a penalty. He suddenly in the top 10, then marching his way into the top 5. Another caution for a uh, spin, no minor incidents or no major incidents there. We continue racing. That's lap 47. Another caution at lap 62. All of this helping Bobby Labonte move his way through the field. And the final caution came out on lap 71 when Chase Berta spun. He collected Zachary Tinkle in that incident. Both drivers were able to continue. And now Bobby Labonte is right there with Kyle Jones. But the local hero managed to pull away, getting the win by two-tenths of a second over Bobby Labonte, who closed in lap traffic, by the way. It was about a half a second advantage, but then lap traffic cut things down. So Kyle Jones hangs on. He gets the win. Bobby Labonte brings it home in the second spot. Cody Coughlin third. Fourth went to Tanner Jack, or excuse me, fourth went to uh, Cody Swanson, who had just got done racing that SRX series race the night before at Eldora, and then Tanner Jack held on and recovered nicely, actually, to round out the top five. So a great show on Sunday at Kill Care Rich. I'd never been to that racetrack. What a unique racetrack that is. Really good show, and I hope that they get to uh, put on a couple more races in the future because that's an awesome little racetrack. i got to ask you, the young man we had on the show last week, Ethan Stanuchek, went down there. I heard he started scratch, and I heard that uh, that young man had it went from the back 
into the top five before that car gave up late. I tell you what, man, he did a fantastic job. Ethan really did. Uh, he drove all the way up to third at one point, Rich, and was knocking on the door for second. But I'll tell you what, that racetrack is very tricky. I think he'll probably tell you, too. He'd never seen that track before first practice on Sunday. I think he just burnt the right front tire off of it and uh, started to slide back a little bit. Fell out of the top five really late. Ethan finished seventh behind Justin Allsip in sixth, and then the top five, as we talked about. Solid run for Ethan. I said his name a lot during that broadcast because he really did do a fantastic job charging through the field. And keep in mind, every racetrack he goes to, it's the first time he sees it because he's only got three starts at three different racetracks. Yeah. Well, hey, I mentioned Saturday with SRX and uh, and uh, our friend there, Cody Swanson, who uh, spoke highly of the program, by the way, when I had a chance to talk to him back in the pits. Man, he almost had one on Saturday, but uh, darn those track owners who get to race. <laughs> yeah, Zach, not even starting shotgun on the field would stop Tony Stewart from going back-to-back with the Camping World uh, SRX Series on the dirt at Eldora on Saturday night. I took that in from the comfort of my couch. Uh, The three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and owner of the half-mile took the lead from Cody Swanson with four laps to go and held off the five-time USAC Silver Crown champion to pad his points lead within the series. His SRX win marks the sixth career win at the track that he owns and his first since 2009. He also won the Prelude to the Dream uh, and with the USAC National Midgets and Sprint Cars. Zach, I have to tell you, Cody Swanson did an incredible job. Everybody else is trying to get up top where, where Smoke was running, and he did all of made all of his money on the bottom, <laughs> uh, pa- pass after pass on the bottom. And he stayed there, and he was going to live or die there. Whether Tony was, was up top, he was staying on the bottom. And, he, he you know, I think he just uh, – Tony just got better the last few laps, but uh, you know I, I think he only lost by a car and a half or two. It was it was close. Cody Swanson I thought did a great an, an exceptional job. It was just unbelievable how he was able to pass those cars on the bottom. By the way, the SRX series now gets ready for Lucas Oil Speedway in Indianapolis, and uh, that'll be a great show on Saturday uh, before things start to wind down and we look toward Nashville Fairground Speedway on July 17th for that finale. Hey, last week, you know what we did? We asked you a bunch of questions, and we said, Gary, did you know, presented by Fast Time Racing Engines and Rich France, if it weren't for one name, we would have, I believe, our first winner. I'm I'm not in charge of these rules. I, I think that maybe he was close enough that we might give him a, a nod there, but, man, we had a really good response on this one. We sure did. Uh, the The problem is we're getting people answering some of the questions, but not all of them correctly, and they're answering partial questions. So, um, I think we made made it clear in the rules. You, there's no uh, no restarts on this. You, you know, no. Let's let's not try it again. You got to get them all the first time. So let's start with number one. Uh, this was a pretty popular one. Which former NASCAR champion started his career in figure eights? And Zach, that one there was Benny Parsons. Ah, the, the old, uh, you know, for me, my knowledge of Benny Parsons comes from his time in the broadcast booth, but I understand he could wheel a race car. Well, Benny Parsons, uh, from my knowledge, also drove a cab in Detroit as well. So oh, really? At, at one time, yep. <laughs> cool. Yep. So, uh, so let's go to question number two. Uh, a few people got this right as well. What was the first track that Gary Fidoa ever raced at? And that was correct, Owasso Speedway. Mm, a lot of people Seven had that. People Mike, that. Mike was in on that one as well, and uh, Rand I think was in on that, and Brad as well. Brad yeah, Brad was in on correct. it too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brad gave it a heck of a shot. I thought he oh, was man. something here. I thought he was going to get it. Yep. So, question number three: What were Coyote Cars? And the answer is a company that built mini mini champ cars. And I'm going to go ahead and. Um, Give Brad that mini Indy cars that raced at Kalamazoo. Apparently, they did that. That's more specific than what we needed, but Brad was on the right path with it. And Rand had that as well, so nice job to both of those guys. Yep. And then here's usually where we separated the men from the boys in this last (laughs) question. Uh, These three drivers found success in Modified and also worked for the railroads. Well, Raleigh Beal was a a popular choice. Yeah. Uh, Rand got that right, and so did Brad. But uh, the other two were not guests, John Benson Sr. and Dave Mingus. I'm wondering if these other people did also 
work for the railroad, but maybe just didn't drive, or vice versa, worked in modifieds. I, I don't know. I'm curious. Did Sam Sessions and Gordon Johncock, I don't know. I don't know, Brad, but hey, what a run at that, Brad, that you took there. Nice job. Uh, I mean, he got almost all of them right, Rich. That was a pretty good effort. Brad, try, Brad tries these every month, and you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to get one of these. Oh, he's got to be get, able to. Yeah, he's getting closer and closer every single time. So I think he's going to get one of these. Uh, you know, I hope Gary's not listening and then and, and makes him too difficult. We want, <laughs> we want, we, we, I thought this one was really hard when we talked to Gary last week. Right. I, thought this, I, I even said, boy, this is some tough ones. And it said, well, you could do some research. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't know if Brad – Brad has been pretty successful in, in guessing these, so I don't know if he's doing some research or he just knows a lot about racing. Either way, he's getting very close. Nice job, Brad. Nice job, Rand, who took a run at this as well. And thanks to everybody who commented. Our appreciation as well, the Fast Time Racing Engines and Parts in Taylor. Go ahead and uh, call our buddy Clayton and uh, get some things handled there, whatever you need. He can help you out with that. So thanks to Fast Time Racing Engines and Parts for supporting Gary. Did you know? All right, Rich, it's time to bring on our first guest tonight. We've got a little bit of a late model theme here, and and this is a guy I've been wanting to bring on, not because he's good behind the wheel of a race car, which he is, but he's got something else that I want to talk to him about coming up a little later on. Rich, let us know who we're talking with. Yeah, Zach, we were were actually able to witness uh, and be part of this gentleman's biggest win, if not one of his biggest wins um, of his career with the American Ethanol Late Model Tour a couple of years ago at Attica. But uh, a lot of changes since then. We'll talk about that at more. Makes his home in Bellevue, uh, Ohio. Ryan Missler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Man, a, a lot's happened with you in the last couple of years, but uh, you're back racing. You got a little bit of a late start this year, but it's got to feel good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, we, we're we just a small team. Uh, we got the race car in our in our garage of our house, uh, a little two car, two car garage, and uh, we were just running a little bit behind on the starting out the season, but you know we uh, got everything going, got got uh, the motor. We we had to get a motor in this this off season. We sold our our old motor, and I had my heart set on getting a a wide bore, and I was being very picky, and and you know we we couldn't afford the new ones. We were just looking for a good used one. And, uh, so I was just being picky and we didn't, we didn't find one until about uh, the end of February, early March and, uh, went, went and bought it, picked it up and, uh, took our time putting everything together, make sure everything's right. And yeah, it feels good to be out racing, you know, here and it's, it's, uh, it's a hot one these days now, you know, so you, you gotta find ways to keep cool when you're racing, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to be doing what I like to do. Well, and here's the other thing too. You mentioned about being picky. You kind of have to be in the division that you're racing. Uh, you know, with with these late models, Ryan. You're somebody who wants to be competitive all the time, and in order to do that, you're going to have to be able to put the best equipment under you that you can. How hard is that for you guys to be able to do, as you mentioned, a small shop working out of your two car garage? Um, talk about how how it's been for you to be able to do that to provide the best equipment it's super hard because you know we a lot of uh, and it's a lot of other racers too are in this boat we work full-time you know i own a machine shop so and i'm i'm so you know i got i got a few guys that help me out here and there and my father-in-law helps me out a lot but he went down with an injury so he's not able to help me out right now and uh it's tough because i i do most all the work on the race car, you know, throughout the week and I got to do it in the evenings. And sometimes, you know, I'm still at my machine shop right now. Oh, wow. We're, we work, work late, get up early, work late. And, uh, then we just, we got to cram in racing, you know, so cram in working on the race car at night. So it's a lot of late nights and to get everything ready. And, and you're right. When, about being picky we, we could have went and raced this past weekend we got rained out at attica but um we raced at the dream the week before and we tore up some stuff and and uh i was waiting on to get some shocks back and and uh i just wanted to make sure that you know we were going to be able to race attica you know and i hadn't gotten tires around to or prepped or anything for attica 
but we were going to cram it in there and race if they raced, but it rained out. So we just decided to take the weekend off and make sure that, you know, we got everything, you know, squared away after the, after tearing stuff up at Eldora. So yeah, we're, uh, we, we got to make sure everything's right. And we don't have a lot of time to do that. Ryan, talk to me about this late model dream deal, because that came out of nowhere. You, I mean, without you having run this year and all of a sudden, uh, you're getting voted in and, and you win this thing and now you're, you're going down there. Tell me how all that went down. Well, we raced, uh, we raced three or four times before Eldora, but, um, yeah, so, so I was just sitting in my garage while working on the race car in my garage and we got a TV out there and, and we were watching Brownstown, uh, that late model night in America, uh, on slow racing. And they announced that they're going to do this contest to, uh, you know, help get somebody, some new blood to Eldora and they're going to help them out with tires and fuel and, you know, pit passes and entry fees and giving away this free stuff and seat belts. And, uh, like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna get a pretty good deal there. And I didn't really, I mean, we make, we're on YouTube. We know we've made videos for the past five racing seasons and, you know, making videos is up our alley. And, and in order to, to, get into this contest you gotta submit a video stating why you should be picked you know i'm like well the video parts up our alley but i don't know if you know i'm gonna enter this i don't even know if i want to want to go to eldora and do this you know but we had been to eldora before but we never raced any of the big races so we i kind of thought that would be cool but i didn't decide that i was going to do it then but then uh as the days went on i'm like you know we ought to put together something and submit it so we submitted a video and, uh, hell for like three or four days there, we were the only, only video put out from flow racing that entered the contest. I'm like, shoot, and they were, they're going to be the only ones that entered this thing. But then, you know, more videos started to trickle in and, and, uh, there were some, some guys entering. I'm like, Oh boy, it's going to be tough to beat these guys. They got a pretty good following and, you know, they run nationally, regionally and nationally. And, uh, like Logan Roberson and um, that Darren Klein over in Illinois, they got a big, good following over in Illinois. So I was, I was kind of, you know, well, maybe we're not going to win this thing, but from the beginning, I thought we have a pretty good shot because we have a big following on YouTube. And if any of your listeners don't know, we go to Ryan Missler, just search Ryan Missler on YouTube. We put all our, all our behind the scenes stuff up on YouTube and from the garage and at the racetrack, we've been doing that the past five seasons and, we, we work really hard at it and, uh, it, it's, uh, gained a lot of traction here lately, but that's, to me, that's the reason why that we were able to win that contest is because of our, our followers on YouTube and, and all our social media and our family and friends. But mainly the YouTube following was, we leveraged that. We made videos every day during that contest and just reminded people to go and vote and uh, it paid off big time. And I, you know, like I said, we wouldn't have went down to that dream and got that opportunity to to win all that, all the prizes and stuff, and to go to the dream without you know all the support from the YouTube crowd and you know everybody everybody that knows me and in my local community here couldn't have done it without them. I thought that it was awesome too because we started to kind of hear the rumblings of this, and then on, and like you said, it was like okay, Ryan's going to have this thing, and then all of a sudden it was right down to the wire. Um, the support from your fans, I think, is just is awesome. And uh, thanks to that video thing, right? We really get a chance to look behind the scenes, like you said, and see what's going on for you and your race team. And it's interesting, Ryan. I want I want your opinion on this. As awesome as it may have been to go down to Eldora kind of caused you some headaches for racing locally because of what happened down there. Talk me through the incident. I did watch your video. I heard you talk about it a little bit on YouTube and kind of saw what happened via the flow racing and via your behind the scenes. Um, But take me through your weekend from your perspective. Well, uh, Wednesday and Thursday sucked. You know, we'll get our ass beat. Um, But those guys are the best. You know, I I expected that. I didn't expect to go out there and, you know, light the world on fire or surprise anybody. But, um, so the first few days were, you know, were what we expected. I just wanted to be able to go down there and, you know, kind of be competitive. And the first two days we weren't really that good. And then Friday, 
um, come around and we, we worked on a car a little bit and talked to some different people down there. And that's another thing you can rub shoulders with the best in the business down there. So you might as well yeah. try and get some information out of guys. And, and, uh, so we, we worked on the car a little bit and, and got it better. Um, didn't qualify very good, but in our heat race, you know, the, our goal going into it was just to pass some good cars and kind of have a good showing. And if we made a show one of the nights, that would have been, that would have been our dream, right? Our dream weekend. So, right. so Friday in the heat race, we were running, we started on the tail or close to the tail and uh, I passed the guy and then and we're just kind of riding around. I'm like, you know, screw this riding around. I went up top and I passed uh, Brett Larson and then I passed, uh, the 24 car that, uh, I can't really remember his name, but we passed a couple guys to finish six. So it put us on the front row of the B main. So, uh, and I thought we had gotten fifth, but Brandon Overton was so far ahead. I couldn't see him. So <laughs> we ended up getting six. And, uh, so I put us on the front row of the B main and we started, started up there. And, uh, I, I ultimately I, I put a, a hard, a 40 on the right rear hard tire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that was probably good and bad, bad ultimately, because uh, we, we didn't, it didn't fire off, you know, like a, a softer tire would. But anyway, we mixed it up and the car, car felt pretty good, you know, considering. And then uh, we just crossed over a guy and then, then he got in the wall and all the cameras on flow stayed on him. But uh, I was feeling like I was being chased by a pack of wolves and I just, I just went in too hard in the turn one and, stuffed it in the wall and it, it kind of like the 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 tail of the eldora wall sucking you in that's what it felt like i just couldn't i couldn't get away from it and just just hit it it was entered, it, entered too hard and, and it was and, so uh, strange to watch it too because you're right looked like it, at first it was like oh, okay that was just a soft brush of the wall and then you, you kept getting like you said sucked back in and bam and slamming again and then it finally spun you around yeah. um and the, the amount of damage was unreal from what I was able to tell it it was it was crazy how much stuff actually got tore up from what otherwise looked like a, a not soft but a, a small impact with the wall right right yeah yeah it definitely tore up some stuff every pretty much everything on the right side <laughs> unreal wow so, yeah there's no soft there's no soft crashes with the adora wall I've learned. <laughs> so you go home you, you you tear this thing down you uh you you put it back together as you said you were you were going to try to go racing again but weather and everything around here lately has kind of put a, a hamper on that but you do have a cool story from that whole Eldora deal with the autograph session. Talk about who you got to sign autographs with. Oh yeah. Uh, so we were, we were gonna, so we crashed on Friday and then we got all day Saturday yet, but we were gonna, we we're just going to leave. And, but we had to go down to the rocket trailer and get some parts. And, uh, we had to finish off. We had to get a couple more tires from the Hoosier trailer that, that we had won with the Hoosier gift certificate for winning the contest. So we, we stuck around and my, my father-in-law and my wife's cousin and my son left, but me and my wife stayed. And, uh, so we had to go to the rocket trailer, get some parts and pick up our tires. And, and then we're like, they announced the autograph session and they're like, well, we're not going to go to that. We're, we're going to miss it, you know, and you know, we're not racing today anyway. But then, uh, uh, we thought it was at three o'clock, but it turns out it was going to be three thirty. So, and Amber said, "Well, we have all these hero cards that we brought for this, so why don't you just go and sign?" So I'm like, "Okay." So we went in there, sat be- down beside Jerry Bowersock, our buddy, and uh, we're signing autographs. And then we had bottles of water in front of us, and it was really hot in there, and sharpie markers, and you know, everybody kind of shoved their stuff off to the side. And like 15 minutes after we're signing autographs, um, Amber walked up and kind of moved all the drinks out of front in front of this empty seat and, and pops down somebody. And I look up and I'm like, Oh, Hey, Kyle Larson, <laughs> how you doing? And, uh, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, we just chit chat back and forth in between signing, you know, and he's human just like everybody else. Right. You know, and, but the fans, it, it was cool, but the, the fans really flocked to him. You know, they, 
they didn't let get him sign something and then they take off. They didn't give a shit about me being after him, you know, which is expected, you know, you know, they are on the high getting Kyle Larson's autograph and right. getting to talk to him and stuff. But people sure ask him some stupid stuff. Oh, so that's in, that's interesting. You get to hear uh, the, their interactions with him, uh, and it kind of makes you say, "Okay, I guess I'm maybe I'm glad I'm not Kyle Larson." What What were you hearing these yeah. fans asking? What What sort of things? Well, one of the fans said, "Man, you're sure making all these dirt track drivers look stupid." <laughs> and uh, you know, we're all sitting around him, right? You know, why you got to make all these guys look stupid? And, and Larson just kind of looked at him, and then another guy asked. Uh, uh, he's referring to Rico Abreu. He's like, hey, how come Rico don't drive a late model? And Kyle's like, I don't know. Yeah, she's <laughs> so beats. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I thought it was him. pretty cool, too. You, you you did do some interactions with him for your YouTube channel, which I thought was pretty cool. He helped you out with a, a little intro. That was nice. Yeah, he had he had no problems. I'm like, hey, Kyle, do me a favor. He's like, sure. And uh, he, just, he just told everybody to go subscribe to my YouTube channel. And uh, that's pretty neat. Now, come, now coming up, Ryan. Um, you know this health, the Summer Nationals Health Tour is in action. Any of those races on your schedule? I know, I believe Oakshade has one, and then um, up in Michigan, we have about four or five of them coming up. Yeah, I saw. Um, I haven't really uh, looked out that far, you know, I, which is kind of silly that we don't have things planned. But we're kind of we kind of take everything on a weekend the weekend basis. Um, you know, we usually try to hit Oakshade Summer National Race. We have in the past, um, and we raced there last, not last weekend, but the weekend before. Um, but we'll just play it by ear. You know, it's definitely enticing, you know, but with the, the biggest thing is my business here. And if I don't, if I'm not here, the business, it can chug along. You know, I, I got a couple employees, but if I'm not here, you know, it's, it's definitely not not in my best interest. So I took off three days to go to the dream and uh, we'll just have to see how business is, you know, during that. Cause I'm assuming those races up in Michigan are during the week. So you know, it would be nice to say, yeah, hell yeah, we'll go. And, but it takes a lot of planning. We don't have a stacker hauler. We just got a little truck and trailer and uh, to like to be able to go and stay overnight somewhere. It just takes a lot of planning. And, you know, like I said, we're a small team, but it'd be cool to go up and hit one. Um, I don't know which one, but, uh, we'll see. I'll definitely look at it. Well, and I was this, you may have already kind of answered this question. I was going to ask you, you seem to be in your career, very dedicated to Attica Oakshade. That's kind of where we expect to see that 50 car, um, which is interesting to me because I've seen you have good runs north of the border, if you will, up here in Michigan. Uh, what keeps you down there? Is it work or is it track preference? I mean, um, you know, with that, my my thought is that late model challenge series that we've got going up here obviously merit is a long haul for you probably uh, tri-city is as well um but there is some money being thrown around up here up north what keeps you down there in the attica oakshade range all right attica is 20 minutes away um so it's definitely uh a logistics sure um i've never been up to merit or tri-city i've heard a lot of a lot of good stuff um and you guys the the pay up there is phenomenal i wish Selfishly, I wish somebody would pay that down here. But yeah, Merritt's like five hours, and uh, just a Tri-City, short little drive, is like four <laughs> or so. It's a long drive for us, and Jeez. with you know our three little kids that we have um, in the business, it's 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 just it's it's a lot to ask of somebody, you know, and it's a lot that to bring the kids to the track that far away and not have a place to stay overnight and have to drive all the way back or to rely on, you know, a babysitter, watch the kids overnight. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not just as easy as saying, you know, let's go, you know, it's, it's a lot, it takes a lot. And it's just out of, uh, uh, close to home is, is a lot less stressful on us, even though it doesn't pay as good. You know, I, I, I'm probably the biggest critic and I have the biggest audience of being a critic around here about the pay of what we race for down here. And, uh, I, w- I wish they paid a little better down here and it would make sense to go and run for more money. And, and we do go, you know, race for better paying shows, you know, three, four, 5,000 to win, you know, that's within two three hours away. But, uh, yeah, so I, I definitely would like to go and see 
and uh, race it at your guys' track up there, Merritt and Tri-City, for sure, someday. You mentioned being a critic down there, and so I was I was toying with the idea of leaving this alone, but you opened the door, so I'm going to walk through it. Um, one of your, one, <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, good. I'm glad to hear that. One of your latest videos did. It was, it was funny because when you do your videos, we get the behind-the-scenes thing, we get the raw motion, and then we get the morning after from you on your front porch with a cup of coffee, just kind of reminiscing right. about everything. And that last video from Oakshade, you had some strong words. And then you said, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I'm going to leave it in the video. And uh, that did kind of work up some emotions on social media, uh, which I thought was was hilarious. And actually, I went to bat for you. Um, but talk about being that guy who here's a problem in our sport. This is what I think the problem is. Here's how we think I think we need to fix it. And I don't give a darn if you don't like what I have to say because I believe it's true. Um, you don't seem to have a problem doing that. No, you know, and yeah, I appreciate going to bat for me. I I feel it's, it's uh, a legitimate gripe with tracks. You know, we put effort into our race team to, to bring forth uh, – a uh, good show, you know, for the fans. We we invest money into our cars. We invest time, blood, sweat, tears into our racing, sacrifice with our families and everything to, to go to a track, you know, and we, I, as a driver, expect the same effort into a race facility. And maybe I'm an idiot for wanting to go back <laughs> to these places and hoping that they're going to change. And, um, and they don't, you know, they say they are, but the, their actions don't meet their, their words. So, um, I, I love all racetracks, you know, and I, I wish the best for everybody. I wish everybody had a great racing surface every week. I know you can't have a great racing surface every week, even the best tracks struggle, you know, but you know, every week it's, it's something you know, with this particular place. And, you know, I, I just, you know, and another thing, you know, um, I don't want to get on here and start complaining about it, but, you know, with our videos and with our, you know, um, with putting a camera in my face right after, you know, you're, you're doing this extreme sport, right. You know, and you got adrenaline and your emotions running high and you don't do good, you know, to boot, you know, um, and you put a camera in your face, you know, stuff's going to come out, you know, nobody else got a camera shoved in their face after they do bad <laughs> at a racetrack or after a racetrack, not to their liking, you know, and everybody's saying the same things that I'm saying when they're getting out and they didn't do good, but they don't got a camera in their face. Right. You know, so, so I, that's why I left it in there is because that's real. You know, that's what drivers do. You know, guys, guys say that rusty flank. You know, maybe Devin Shields don't. You know, he's kind of a <laughs> proper, you know, but he, in his own way, you know, if you don't do good, you know, everybody, everybody's going to have emotions and negative or positive, whether you do good or bad, you know, they just don't, they just don't record it. So I'm lucky enough to get to record it. And maybe in 10 years, 15 years, I'll look back and watch that video and laugh. Well, I got to tell you, Ryan, it just, I mean, you probably know we got a couple of $10,000 to win races this weekend and then in August a $33,000 to win plus uh, up at Merritt. That can buy a whole lot of hotel rooms if uh, <laughs> if, if you perform well. <laughs> yeah, I need to really look at those. I remember I forgot about the 33000 That That's the Soleil Memorial. I really should go to that one. I really should. Well, we'd love to have you up here, Ryan. It's uh, It's been a pleasure to kind of watch from afar, if you will. For some reason, we don't get to talk to a lot of those uh, a lot of late model drivers at Attica and Oakshade. We need to branch out and do that more. But uh, nonetheless, nice job on uh, – I, I just want to say I think it's awesome that you have the fan base that was able to get you to the dream and follows you like they do. And as you said, your YouTube following is great. Uh, so look him up at Ryan Missler, and you're on uh, Facebook as well, Ryan Missler Racing, where you guys keep everybody up to date. Really fun to follow along with the grassroots team, Ryan. So we appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight. And uh, if you get to go somewhere this weekend, good luck. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a good talk. What a great conversation that we had there uh, with uh, Ryan Missler, trying to get him to come up north for a couple of big races. And, of course, 
It's the big races at Tri-City and Merritt Speedway. They're going to have them again this weekend, Rich France, Friday through Sunday. It starts Friday at Tri-City Motor Speedway. $10,000 is on the line for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, supported by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. What a, an event this is going to be. It's also $2,000 to win factory stocks and $1,000 to win IMCA Modifieds. Gates open at 4.30 Friday, racing at 7.30, featuring $10,000 to win for the late model challenge series and then we move to Merritt Speedway on Saturday kind of a relaxed day as part of the double header but then things fire up on Saturday $10,000 to win late models factory stocks at 2500 B mods at 1500 and features both nights Saturday and Sunday and fireworks on Sunday night and if you have not seen a Mike Blackmere production of fireworks you ain't seen fireworks so get up there and check it out Merritt Speedway gonna be the place to be a lot of great things gonna be happening up there so check it out ten thousand dollars to win with the all-star performance late model challenge series find out more on facebook merit speedway and tri-city motor speedway or online meritspeedwaymi.com or tricityracetrack.com well rich france speaking of the challenge series let's bring in this guy who's been eyeing this championship uh for I don't know, since the very beginning of the season, uh, since they announced it was coming back, let us know who we're talking to to close out the night. Well, Zach, he's currently second in the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series point standings. A big weekend coming up with over $20,000 on the line. Uh, and it, if that's not enough, makes his home in Vestaburg, Michigan. Logan Nickerson, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Man, you're you're up there at the top of the standings. Um you know, you're kind of looking at Dona up there. Has had a, had a pretty good run so far, but you're looking real comfortable in that race car in 2021. And I'm thinking um, that first Challenge Series win is not too far in the future. What are your thoughts? Uh, I definitely, I definitely think we're on the verge of it. We just got to get over that hump. Uh, car has been really good. We went back to some uh, some more basic stuff instead of getting real crazy, and we've been really good ever since. This weekend, two big shows, $10,000 each, a lot of points on the line. Uh, this gets us about halfway through. Do you, do you feel like you need to have a, two good nights this weekend to kind of set you up for the home stretch run? Well, I think uh, in all reality, competing against Dona and, you know, Brandon and all the guys that are running that series, uh, you're going to have to have two good nights. Because if you have a bad night, people are going to gain points on you. And just, you know, you got to keep it together for the whole 10 races. I want to bring up this interesting point, and you and I have talked about it before, kind of in the pits, but we haven't really addressed it on the show. A couple of years ago, you, uh, and you know where I'm going, a couple of years ago, you expressed your feelings about Merritt <laughs> over the PA for everybody to hear. And every time, man, I, every time you got to get me I got to bring it up, man, because now you're running here so often at Merritt and Tri-City, and, and, and Merritt has changed and you have changed. What have you changed, though? Because and, and for those who don't remember, you said that you really did not like going to Merritt, basically is what you said. Now you're there, you're running for championships, you're running for big money on uh, a monthly basis at a minimum. What have you changed as a driver to be better at that track? Um. Well, with age... Patience is a virtue, mm. and I'm definitely getting a little more patient the older I get, so that's definitely helping me out a lot because, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like a couple weeks ago when uh, when we ran second to Donut at that first 10,000 to win show at Merritt, um, if that had been two years ago, I'd have got, I'd have got greedy and I'd have went to the top, mm -hmm. but I just realize nowadays that sometimes you're going to have to settle for less to get more. Does that make sense? What has helped you realize that? I mean, take me through the growth of a, of a teenage race car driver now going into his, his, his early 20s. How did you come to realize that, okay, maybe trying to rip the lip is not going to be the way to go. Maybe mm -hmm. I should just pace myself and follow and get a good finish. Uh, well, I mean, Jimmy and my pops have been on me about it since I've been 16. I mean, it's been... You got to learn patience. You got to be more patient. Stop doing stupid things. Like, just the works. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
I don't know. I think it just it finally clicked a little bit this year. And I'm not exactly sure what made it click, but it's definitely you you got to be patient without being complacent. You know what I mean? That's a good way to put it. I, <laughs> I like the way you put that. So, I mean, it's just, it's a, this whole big thing, it's a big, you know, learning experience because, I mean, yeah, I've been in a car for six years, but I mean, a lot of these guys that we're running with have been in cars 18 plus years. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, I'm not going to learn everything in six years. Am I going to learn, you know, a lot? Yeah, but I mean, it takes a lot to tune and get yourself really set up for the craft of driving these cars. And Logan, it's not, you know, Zach and I've talked about this before. It, it you know, you absolutely uh, don't make it a habit of what we see around other racetracks that maybe some people would call cherry picking. Um, you go to a racetrack and you race against the Marcouliers, the Stemlers, the Spanglers, the, you know, Thurlby's, the, the you know, the, Finley's and and you go after the best every single night you go out there uh I mean yeah any chance I get to run with people that are better than me I'm gonna learn I we went down to those shows about a month ago down to Circle City and uh Circle City and Plymouth and we knew we I mean we we went down there I mean, we were gonna go out and we were gonna try to win but I mean in all reality we knew we were probably gonna get humbled because i mean that's what those guys do for a living and i remember at circle city we were hot lapping and i was sitting there and i was driving the car and i was like man i feel pretty good all of a sudden max blair goes around me on the bottom turning nine thousand rpms and i'm like what is he doing is this Uh, man crazy so i'm like you know what i'm gonna try it so we uh we went out there for qualifying and we were like, I don't know, out of, out of 35 cars or whatever, I think five loaded up after a hot laps because it was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up going fifth in our group after being like tw- late 20s wow. in hot laps. I mean, we picked up a ton of time just by that one little event happening of Max Blair blowing my doors off. So do you find yourself now in qualifying or heat races or maybe some, some of the, the uh, events that are, they're all important, but maybe are a little less important. Do you find yourself tucking in behind these veterans and really trying to f- see what their car is doing, see what they're doing with the racetrack and with their car and seeing how they're making speed? Uh, well, yeah, that, and um, I've always been a very talkative person. Uh, so I think this year I've learned that maybe talking isn't my best way to learn things. Maybe it's just listening. Mm, okay. Whereas like when I see, you know, Mark and Thurlby and Travis and Finley and all them sitting up at the track talking, I don't go up there and chit chat. I more just go up there and just listen to what's being said. Sure. Well, and I because think, I, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I didn't have anywhere to go with that. I was, I don't know. You were talking? Well, I was going to say one of the moments for me that has already resonated this year was one of the, uh, it may have been opening weekend at Tri City for the Challenge Series where everybody's just pinned on the bottom and, and you slid back early and then found a way to get a couple of spots back coming to the line. And that was a moment for me where I thought, I think Logan took in some information that he saw these other guys do that run Tri-City a lot, that are finding speed. Uh, Again, Spangler marched away and had that thing really absolutely whipped. But you found what you needed to do to hold on to a podium finish. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, we we did some testing this year. We've only really gotten out to test maybe twice, but there was one time that we went to Tri City and it was we went there and I bet you we turned probably 150 laps. Wow! In a in a pretty short amount of time, and it was I was sitting in the car and uh, they would just change little things and they'd send me back out. 
And um, I came in, and one of my crew guys was like, Logan, why why do you drive into the corner um, on the gas and, and, and then try and get on the brake in the center of the corner? And I'm like, that's how I've always done it. He's like, you don't, you know, you don't use the brake to turn your car at all? I said, no. And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> they're like... They're like, you only turn the car with the gas. I said, that's literally how I've drove for five years. All I've done is turn the car with the gas. They're like, no wonder you can't drive on the slick. <laughs> and I'm like, man, why you got to do me like that? <laughs> so we went out there, and I really played around with my footing and my corner entry a little bit more. And we were able to, um, you know, we got out to some races this year and was able to talk with, like, Rick Eckert and some of those bigger guys. And I was able to really, you know, pick their brain a little bit on how they trail break. And it was really eye-opening for me. And I was, uh, it's really been helpful for me. I mean, it really has just been helpful. I don't know how else to put it. And I think, you know, I can also say, um, we, we talked after Merritt. And, and I asked you, did you have anything for Dona? And you said, no, but that's why I stayed where I was. And I knew I had a top five car. And I, and I put it on the trailer and I had a good, you know, a good solid finish. I, I think that says more about you as much as we always joke around all the time. Um, that said more to me than, than anything this year. You know, sometimes a good finish is better than a win. And it, that's a terrible way of saying it, but you're thinking you're just not going to win. And, and I've talked to you a couple times. You this year are really thinking big picture. Um, I know that these $10,000 to win and then the wood take a massive uh, amount of money on the line there. They're very enticing. But from the very beginning, Logan, you have had championship on the mind. You know, I, uh, I won a lot of championships in a go-kart. And uh, I'm not normally a championship guy. I'm really not. I like to go race where money's at. I like to race. I like to put it all on the line. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard about Winston uh, two weekends ago, but I tried to put it all on the line and ended up at a wall. <laughs> I saw you try to put it all on the line. <laughs> I watched that one. Yeah, it was something. I, I was going for broke, and that's what happens when you drive for broke sometimes. You end up in a wall. So with this deal, it's really, you know, I don't know. I just really want to put a championship under my belt in a late model. I really think it'd be a cool thing to add. I think it'd be a great thing to get for my team. Um, I'd love to be able to, you know, showcase the sponsors at the end of the year and stand on the podium with the big check and be like, hey, we won this series, and, you know, these are all the people that back us, and they make great products, you know. We've got a great team behind us, and let's continue next year and keep the momentum rolling. How much has the points format and maybe you're not even looking at this, but there was a change in the points format. We've talked about it with some other drivers. How much has that played into what you've been doing? Because you did have some good points runs in the American Ethanol Series back in the day when it was around. Matter of fact, you were uh, down to being in contention with it, but we lost so many events to weather. You didn't really get a chance to showcase that. Has that helped you? Has that played into your uh, plan or into your driving style, or is that just coincidence? I, I definitely think that um, maybe it's just I had a lack of understanding of the way that the points worked beforehand. Mm -hmm. But um, I really I am aware of how the ethanol points work. So I am aware of, like, you know, how much a position can cost you and, you know, how important heat racing and qualifying this year or, you know, in general. Right. Can put you in a can put you in a pinch with points. And uh, I think once I get that, I've had a rough year of uh, heat racing and qualifying, which is funny to say because last year we had the exact opposite. Well, so. as we come into this weekend, um, you are, as Rich said, trailing Dona at two tracks that are really in his wheelhouse what are you going to have to do here over the next couple of weeks uh, as, as we kind of think about that halfway point as Rich brought up? What are your goals? What do you have to do to reel in Dona, maybe even take over that championship lead from him as, uh, as, this, as these big money races kind of wrap, wrap things up? I mean, it's just, for me, I'm really going to be focusing on 
staying as far ahead in the pack as I can. I'd lo- I mean, I'd, I'd love to notch a couple wins. That'd be great for us. That'd be great for the points. But there's a lot of good cars out there. So, I mean, it's really going to be – you're going to have to keep it in the top five, if not in the top three, mm-hmm. to stay in contention for this point deal. Well, man, it's you, a big – You don't want to have a bad night. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a big weekend, uh, triple header kind of, uh, right? We've got Friday at Tri-City, uh, Saturday with that special format, and then Sunday the big show up at Merritt. Good luck. Uh, I know that Rich will be up there to give you a hard time all weekend, so uh, who knows? We may have made a mistake. Maybe we brought him on to preview, and now we're going to have to bring him on again Monday if he collects the big paycheck, Rich France. We'll have to decide what we're going to do about that. Uh, Logan, man, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully we talk to you soon. Oh, for sure. Thank you guys again for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, Rich, a little surprise guest for us here as we have a chance to give an update on what is coming up this weekend. Um, As we look ahead, it's our pleasure to welcome in one of the guys that's responsible for an event this weekend. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, we're going to speak to half of the promotion department. It's at Corrigan Oil Speedway. (laughs) Uh, Got a big race coming up this weekend called the Wild Child. Uh, Tom Hurley, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys, thanks for having us. Man, uh, first of all, I need to ask you before we get into this weekend, uh, almost halfway through your, your maiden voyage of, of the season, uh, how's everything going with you guys up there at Corrigan Isle? Oh, fantastic. It's been uh, been very rewarding, uh, honestly, in, in ways that you know we really didn't expect. Uh, being new promoters, you know, we were completely new to it, uh, to the promotion uh, scene. And, uh, you know, really from the, from the racers, um, they've shown us a ton of support and, you know, Tracy and I are extremely grateful, uh, from, from not only the support from the racers, but also, you know, the fans and the sponsors, we feel very fortunate and, uh, we look forward to the second half of the season. Um, I, I gotta be the one to ask the question because I know racers know everything, right? You figured that out. Um, and they all, everybody knows how to run a racetrack, but is there anything that you figured out that you said, uh, Hey, maybe I need to change this and it'll be better. <laughs> well, there, there's always, I think every single day, you know, not only in life, but you know, certainly in the race promotion business, uh, you learn, you adapt and you change. Uh, but, you know, we really just try and, and, and be uh, 100% genuine, treat people the, the, the way we'd want to be treated. And, you know, we're certainly going to make mis- mistakes uh, as, as we have this year. But I think it's important how we handle those and correct those going forward. And, uh, you know, just try and make the best decisions off from that information. So coming up this weekend on Friday, uh, probably one of the, if not the biggest event for your season is on Friday. The Wild Child is coming up. What a what an awesome event on its own, but this event means so much to you and your family. Give me a little background on this event. What is it for? What is it about? And why is it so important? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, so we have uh, four signature races at Corgan Oil Speedway. We had the season opening Unleashed. Uh, the second uh, is the Wild Child, and then uh, July 28th, we're going to have prime time on a Wednesday night, and then, of course, our annual harvest race. But the Wild Child specifically to us, uh, my brother-in-law, Tracy's brother, uh, passed away in 2006, and uh, we had a, a memorial race that, that served uh, 10 years at the racetrack, as most memorial races do, and uh, we wanted to still be able to, uh, to pay honor uh, in homage to him, uh, and, and we, we have a, a, a chassis business and a shock business and performance parts business named after Wild Child. And we thought, what better of a way than to name a signature race, uh, one of our crown jewels at Corgan Hill Speedway, uh, after the Wild Child? And, you know, here we have it, uh, the Wild Child 100 and uh, the Wild Child 75. I think it's going to be an awesome event, too, because Modified's one of my favorite divisions on pavement. Outlaw's one of Rich's favorite divisions on pavement. You're going to bring them together in the same house on the same day. I'm, I'm, I'm a dirt guy through and through. Let me just make that clear. I am excited to see how this race plays out because, Tom, it, it's, a, it's a blockbuster of a, of a layout. Well, you know, thank you, Zach. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I think that uh, it'd be easier to tell you things we haven't changed, but one of the key ingredients is, you know, we have progressive shows at Corrigan Oil Speedway. So uh, all the super late models are going to draw, uh, pill draw when they come in. We're going to have progressive heat races where you transfer through to uh, the feature and uh, last chance showdown. So it's really brought the excitement back to where it's hashtag earn your way. Uh, and, and, and every driver earns their way into the feature. And uh, it's super exciting. And also want to give a shout out to, uh, to Bud Gray and Brian Nestor uh, with the Midwest Modified Tour. 
they're bringing their tour in, uh, allowing Tracy to race at our racetrack here uh, this Friday. So that's going to be extra special. Uh, the first time uh, with ownership that she's been able to race. And, uh, of course, we expect uh, 30-plus outlaw super late models and uh, over 30 modified. So it'll be a fantastic show. Two-wide racing, I promise. Now, I have to ask you this with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. Um, is there anybody in the modified feature that's going to have preferential treatment over anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's something that's been very important to us. And that's why, you know, we haven't – Tracy hasn't raced at the track. Um, but we knew with, uh, you know, with the, the Midwest Modified Tour and, and their uh, uh, officiating of the race that uh, we'd be completely removed from it. And it allowed us the opportunity for her to, to give it a go. And, uh, you know, it's Corgan Old Speedway is very special to us before we became owners. And uh, I tell you what, she does a great job. I think she's got a shot at it this Friday. Now, Tom, uh, I got to ask you now. You also have 100 lap outlaw super late models. Is this is this going to be one of the races for the the big eight outlaw super late model NorthsideTowing.net series, or is this going to be a, is this a separate one? Yep this this event and the harvest are standalone. Uh, you know, and Jeff Finley with uh, NorthsideTowing.net, uh, of course, uh, with their partners Auto Value and Airlift, they've done a fantastic job uh, helping us put the big eight series together. Uh, that has continued to grow. Uh, but, you know, a side note is any uh, the driver that wins the Unleashed opening night, which was Phil Bozell, that wins the Wild Child tonight, or excuse me, the Wild Child this Friday, and then uh, primetime on July 28th, get an automatic guaranteed starting spot into the harvest. So, uh, right. you know, I think that those are some key things, some pretty awesome things, and uh, certainly uh, adds to the excitement. Well, Tom, let's go over some of the details for the fans. Um, this is going to be a great event to attend. It looks like we may finally get a break in the weather. Um, knock on wood and don't say it too loud. But what do the fans need to know? Gate times, ticket prices, are tickets available in advance? And uh, how, how can they uh, – well, I mean, what's the best way to, to get all that information? Absolutely. Uh, CorganOilSpeedway.com has all the information you need. Of course, our Facebook, uh, Corgan Oil Speedway. Uh, tickets are available online uh, through the My Race Pass at CorganOilSpeedway.com. Uh, also available at the box office. Uh, also, we are one of the only facilities in Ingham County that are going to have professional fireworks on Friday, July 2nd. Uh -oh. So Ingham County uh, is not going to have fireworks. So we've got the permit. Uh, we got all the authorization. So we are good to go with fireworks. And it's going to be one heck of a show. And uh, we hope everybody comes out. We expect a packed house. Well, Tom, it is a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you. And we are hoping to be there as well to take in the action on Friday night for Horsepower Happenings. And, man, I'm looking forward to it. I know that uh, we are all looking forward to seeing this event go off. So good luck with this weekend. And, um, man, we, we hope it goes well for you. Awesome. It looks like all the stars are going to be out there racing. So on behalf of Tracy and I, we appreciate you having us on and hope to see you guys Friday. Well, obviously, uh, again, thanks to Tom. That's one of our events that are coming up on our look ahead for this weekend. Real quick, I want to thank Logan and Ryan for being a part of the show tonight as well. Rich, it's a big, big, big weekend of racing in and around our area. And if Mother Nature doesn't cooperate, we're going to have to throw a fit. What do we got going on? Obviously, Corrigan Oil, we just talked about that Friday night. But how about Tri-City? What a show you're going to see. Yep, you guys are going to dispatch me up to the uh, to God's country for the weekend, which I have no problem doing. So I'm going to start it out on tri at Tri-City on Friday night. Uh, All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series on Friday, $10,000 to win. Factory Stocks, two grand to win. Uh, IMCA Mods, $1,000 to win. Gates open at 4.30 at Tri-City Motor Speedway on Friday. Racing will start at 7.30. Hey, don't forget, too, if you're a fan of sprint car racing, you can check out what's happening with the Great Lakes Super Sprints on Friday night. They'll be back at I-96 Speedway over in Lake Odessa, Michigan, to kick off a doubleheader weekend. The Great Lakes Super Sprints in action Friday night at I-96. Then we move into Saturday, Rich France. The Great Lakes Super Sprints in action again. On Saturday, they'll be making their final appearance at, at uh, Crystal Motor Speedway for the season. That'll be the final show at Crystal Saturday night. And uh, that's for the Great Lakes Super Sprints, but a, still a full, great lineup of racing on Saturday. Yeah, if you want to go over to the pavement, uh, a huge event over at the Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway. The Lloyd Gearhart Modified Memorial 40, 45, uh, 45 laps, $4,500 to win for the Modifieds on Saturday at Springport. Uh, Outlaw Super Late Models 50 laps, $2,500 to win. Plus, street stocks and port stocks will be on the card. Uh, and 
Fireworks as well, Zach. Everywhere you go this weekend, you're probably going to find quite a bit of fireworks. Gates open at 3 p.m. on Saturday at Springport with racing kicking off at 7 p.m. Then on Sunday, the racing action continues at Galesburg Speedway. They'll be in action with the Freedom 100, a fantastic template late model race, going to be contested there. Um, and uh, if, if I remember correctly, Rich, is this not one of the events that was absolutely stunk up by one of our uh, our guests last year? No, this was not that. That okay. got rained out. On, the, yeah, the, the, the Smitty's Memorial 100 got rained out. Uh, ah, okay. Flooded out, whatever you want to call it. It got canceled <laughs> on Sunday. I have not seen the, I have not seen the uh, remake uh, rescheduled date for that. Okay, yet. but anyhow, coming up on Sunday, thanks for clarifying that. Coming up on Sunday, the Freedom 100, uh, that's, oh, right, because I said template late models. This guy was running outlaws. I, I, I'm not with it today. Freedom 100 from Galesburg on Sunday, and then Rich France up north will wrap up the big old dirt track racing weekend with a big show. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and uh, park my camper out in the parking lot of Merritt Speedway for a few days, and I'm going to catch some racing on Saturday, a uh, regular show on Saturday for uh for the late models, uh, modifieds, IMs, B mods, their whole cl- all of their classes are going to be there. And then we come back on Sunday for the All Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series on Sunday. Ten thousand dollars to win. Like you said earlier, Zach, fireworks, fireworks, and more Black Mirror fireworks. Uh, I should have a great. I should. I'm hoping to get done with all of my interviews so I can have a cold Pepsi, sit down in a chair, and enjoy. <laughs> Black Mirror Productions of Fireworks. That's what I'm hoping to do on Sunday night. It's going to be a great Sunday of racing for sure, and we're looking forward to doing it as well with the Late Model Challenge Series. Don't forget coverage available on Horsepower Happenings, Facebook, and Twitter all weekend long. Rich France will be providing that for you. Hey, that's going to do it. we got to wrap things up on a busy Monday night. Appreciate again Ryan, Logan, and Tom for making time to be on the show. For Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, for Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in. Have a great and safe 4th of July weekend, and we will talk next Monday night. Same time, same place, right here, Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.